All right, what's going on, everyone? This is Cosm Chronicles, episode three, I think. I'm here with Troy Eckert. Um, no Derek today, so just the two of us. Um, what's going on, Troy? Nothing much. Just at the home office, just trying to crank some work out. Getting some work done? Getting some work done. Okay, so the first episode, I sat down with Derek. He needed a little introduction of himself, kind of what he has done and how he got to Cosm and... And then I thought we would do one with you, an introduction. And then from there, there's going to be more episodes going into like more specific things, things like the direct model and the sustainability and stuff that you guys run into just on a day-to-day basis. Um, So let's start with you. Introduction, a little wherever you want to start. I thought we'd start. Let's just start from the beginning at Volcom and we'll slide through there and then we'll... I was born. (laughs) Um... Sure, we could we could rewind. We could rewind to Volcom. Um, yeah, I'll try to keep it sh- somewhat short-winded. Yeah, but, just to how we got here. Yeah. So, I basically was uh, introduced to the brand. Well, it wasn't even a brand. It was nothing when I started. It was, I was a third employee. I was 18 years old. Just, just I was still in high school. And Richard Wolcott, who's who's the CEO and co-founder. He was, he was the marketing director at Quicksilver at the time. And I was writing for Quicksilver, surfing for Quicksilver. And he basically, well, he's, he left Quicksilver, quit. And uh, his buddy, Tucker Hall, who, who was the other co-founder, got fired. He was a sales rep. And uh, they were just, I think, on a soul search mission and went on a snowboard trip up to Tahoe and the whole Volcom idea came about and then they came back and and a few months into it he hit me up and was like hey I got this idea I want to do this thing and I'm like alright like I like Wooly you know so it was pretty much a seamless transition for me to kind of get into that and I was young and had nothing else going on I just I was just ready to go I was kind of ready to do something and my yeah I remember my dad was like tripping out because I left like a I think I was getting paid like 400 bucks a month from Quicksilver which mm-hmm. was you know in 91 was well it, was, it wasn't anything but still it was like a little bit of a paycheck and plus there was potential to go pro or be like you know surfing professionally and I don't know why I just went the Vulcan way which ended up being a really good decision in the long run so Long story short, I, you know, I started there and it's funny because there's a lot of similarities to what I'm doing now to when I was starting with Volcom back then because I was doing everything except I was a lot younger and much more naive. Um, and I was doing shipping, I was doing a little team, um, production, answering letters, like whatever it was, I was doing, you know, anything and everything at the time, just scrapping, doing whatever I had to do whatever they, whatever Willie told me to do and then ended up getting to the marketing side of things and that was really where I, I blossomed my life and career was through marketing and so I was there 20 years and and it was a it was a blur and it was a super awesome ride and just a lot of really good friends made and great times and learned a ton and yeah, it was an awesome time. You know, the, the the company went public in 2005, which was insane. And like in so many ways, just just such a such a crazy transition from being a private company to, you know, answering to shareholders and then Wall yeah. Street and all that sort of thing. So 
it was a big thing, you know, and, and I basically learned by hands-on the entire way. So I'm just working my butt off. Like we worked a lot, even though from the outside it might look like we just messed around and didn't do all that yeah. much work, but we were, we took our work very seriously. And Wooly was, Wooly was really, he was, you know, behind that, um, philosophy. It was like, it was, it was basically work hard, play hard kind of thing. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So in 2010, I left, I, I decided it was time to, to get out from behind the desk and, you know, change up my program a bit and ended up moving to Hawaii for a few years. And I was doing, um, some work for Volcom over there for a bit. And then I just, I just sort of, I was, it was another kind of transitional moment where I was like, okay, I'm ready to really move on, move on, like kind of detach from my, you know, career at Volcom for 20 years. And it was a long run. And yeah, like I said, I, I mean, it was awesome. So I wouldn't change really much. And, um, so, you know, during the time around, uh, 2006 ish is, uh, kind of when I found yoga and it was through a buddy named Tim Brown who's a sports um, therapist, chiropractic magician, basically. Mm-hmm. He, he was the one that was like, hey, you're super locked up. I mean, I had, I've had so many injuries. I have metal all over me from like motocross and surfing and all these, you know, snowboarding and skateboarding and all these different things. I'm just thrashed, basically. So he was like, dude, you need to like lengthen your stuff or else you're going to just seize up, you know, as you yeah. get older. So I went and did it and, and I was just barely touching my toes just totally tripped out on it just you know and then there's the stigmas of like yoga like that's for chicks like, uh-huh. I'm not doing that you sure. know so it was funny because like my, my wife at the time um was doing it with me so we were doing these like private classes with this this girl named Sarah Reese who's a good friend um still to this day she was the one that really got me into it and we ended up we were doing like sessions during the middle of the day so I'd like work Till noon, come home, do yoga for an hour, go back to work, and it yeah. was like it was such, it was such a mental stress relief for me. Like, it really helped me get through those times, and mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't know that was going to happen. I thought it was like just for like my locked up ankles and arms and shoulders and all these different yeah, things. temporary thing. Yeah, I thought it was like a physical thing, but it ended up being such a mental thing for me. So I carried that. I, you know, I just felt I, I felt myself really changing in a lot of different ways and I just kept going kept going with it and so that's sort of how my yoga journey started so how many years have you been practicing yoga I mean, now what is it 2017 so like a little over 10 years now wow so yeah I mean it's a lifelong thing this thing it's like and it's so humbling every time every time I go to the mat like I was just in Tim Snessy's class yesterday and I was just like humble mm-hmm. you know and I still have issues with my right ankle because there's so much metal in it, like balancing to this day, you know, but I can balance a lot better than I used to, right. you know? Yeah, I'm being long-winded here, but... No, no, that's yeah. good. So what do, what do we want to talk about now? Like, what do you... <laughs> well, I just wanted to get the, the Volcom wrap at yeah, first. And I then transitioned into like my yoga experience. So. That's what it's all about. That's, yeah. So I guess, how do you... You came full circle and back to clothing. Yeah, I know. Who would have thought? Yeah, so the Cosm thing sort of born just completely. I was having, I had no plans of starting a clothing company or anything like that again. Like, just because of, you know, obvious reasons. I've been doing it for so long. And, and then it's just, with the action sports kind of industry, I think it's, it's, it's in a, 
it's in a recalibrating type of phase right now. And it's just so, it's so different than it used to be. And why is that? What? Oh, I mean, just really the internet has a big thing to do with it. I think, I mean, back in the day it was all brick and mortar, very just, you know, there was all the retailers and you ship the retailers and there was no, you know, social media, there was no internet, there was no Amazon, there was none of these like different ways that you could distribute your products. And it's sort of, it's just muddled things up and, and then there's so many other options. Like the internet has allowed so many brands just to pop up out of the blue, you know, and like do their thing. And like mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're an Instagram, you know, you can, you can, I mean, you, there's not much, you know, validity to that, but I, but, but the fact is it can be done, you know, and you mm-hmm. see it a lot more. And obviously those brands might not stand the test of time, but still there's just a lot more competition. And I think, you know, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen to the old industry. It's kind of a trippy thing that, you know, you hear about it. I talk to a lot of my friends that are still in the industry and they're just like, wow, it's really, really hard right now. It's really, really hard to, you know, sell your, sell your stuff at the end stay of the day. Stay relevant. And stay relevant. Yeah. And then, and then I think a lot of, I think the industry is made up of a lot of vets, older people that aren't like the demographic, which is difficult too, because you're trying to like get into the mind of an 18 year old or a 15 right. year old. You know, and that was, for me, it was like when we started this whole thing, it was like, you know, with thinking about action sports, like, oh, let's start another action sports brand. And my whole thing was like, I, I don't know what an 18 year old's thinking or a 15 year old is thinking anymore. So when this whole thing kind of came about, I was like, wow, this is actually like who I am. And I'm, you know, basically selling to the, that customer, which is me, you know? Right. So that was a, that was a, a motivator for me to, to go ahead and do that. And and yeah, like I said, it was super organic and I just was practicing in board shorts always. And I mean, people, so many people still do to this day, practice in board shorts. Practice yoga. Yeah. Practice yoga and board shorts. So basically I, I was like looking around online and I couldn't find anything and you know, that I, that I resonated with and there's the typical brands that are out there, but I just wasn't feeling, I didn't feel like I was interested to support kind of what they had going on, I guess, at the end of the day for right. some, for a lot of different reasons. So yeah, that was just like a motivator of like, wow, this could be something cool and could be, could be a cool way to do it. And so, yeah, that's basically how that, you know, came about and then talking to D and D money. And, yeah. You know, <laughs> that and get thing. it going. Yeah. Was there anything, I know you thought besides the obvious, like brick and mortar, was there anything that you kind of wanted to stay away from? when you said, okay, let's do Cosm. Yeah. Well, there's, you know, it's the new environment of the digital world and digital age. So you kind of, you have to like, I feel like if you're going to do a clothing play or really any play, you know, like this, it's, you gotta, you gotta think about like, think about your brand digitally. I mean, that's really where it's at. Right. So, Mm -hmm. so, so that was a big thing for us. And and then ultimately you're sort of a media outlet too. It's like, it's all content these days. So, so to have those thoughts um, in the beginning stages, foundational stage, stage, I think are important. And we, that was the thing that I really loved doing was making films at Volcom. So um, it was sort of, it's sort of a seamless thing for me to, to store, do story, you know, storytelling and things like that. And like, that's the things I love to do. And, and I think those are the things that we've been doing to, to where people like understand what it is we're trying to do here, you know? And, 
and I, w- I always want to do more, but you know, of course, as a startup, it's like you're, you're scrapping, you only can do so much and you have only, only so many resources. So, right. but I think in time we will. And, and so I'm just concentrating on like the content we put out that it's like really good. Mm-hmm. Like, so when people see it, they're just like, oh, the perception's like, well, these guys are like, they've been around, they understand it, they know what they're doing. Right. They're telling some cool stories and about real people. So, um, I mean, that's the stuff that excites me really. So. Good. And so then being online, that's, that's the direct model, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's the direct model. And, and also it's just the idea of being a sustainable brand from the ground up was really important for, for me because I, you know, growing up through Volcom ranks, um, I saw how it was done there and, and, and I wanted to sort of turn some stuff upside down and really foundationally like put the, put the thing together in a way that's like really meaningful and thoughtful. Like even from our, like who we bank with, like those types of things, you know, Everything. it's kind of like people would be like, what, why would you even care about that? But it's like, if you think about it, it really does make sense. You know, like who you bank with, mm-hmm. where it's part of the piece invested in, you know, is it, is it being invested in, in, uh, you know, whatever, uh, dapple and like oil and all these different, I mean, a lot of the time it is, you know? So it's like, I think, I think being conscious about like all those types of decisions is important. And, you know, some people could say that might be a waste of time, but for us, like, I feel like it was, it was important to take all those steps. I mean, we were B Corp, we're B Corp certified after a year of being in business, which I'm super proud of. And it's, it's a hard, you know, it's not easy to, to, to do that. So yeah, there's just a lot of different like tiers to the brand that are, that are really meaningful for us, I think. Yeah. So you, it sounds like you and Derek are on the same page from the beginning as far as that stuff goes. Cause he comes from the sustainability of Volcom too. Yeah. So you guys got to see that there. They just seem to yeah. have done a pretty good job with. Yeah. Oh yeah. And since he's taken over the reins there at Volcom, I mean, yeah, it's, it's obvious the care he puts into it and it's, he takes it personal, you know, it's business, yeah. but he takes it personal, which I think is awesome, you know, because he takes ownership of it at Volcom even to, to this day, because he's an independent contractor and they hire him to do work still, which is great. So it keeps him afloat and where he can do the cost. Yeah, <laughs> totally. So, um, but yeah, meeting him eye to eye on that was just like, we just like looked at each other and we're like, Hey, well, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it like, right. Or not even right, but just sort of different and, uh-huh. and maybe not even different, just like, like meaningful, like where we feel good about it. It's right. a feel good thing. No shortcuts. Yeah. Like no shortcuts, like make, you know, make, make it as sustainable as possible. Um, sourcing, manufacturing, um, you know, the people that are making our stuff, uh, right now it's, it's built in LA and New Jersey. So it's really close to home, which is really, which is good for us too, especially with small patches and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So another thing I was going to ask you too, when you were talking about the direct, what's the focus? How are you, how do you scale direct? How does it, is that just purely media, purely online, the presence of being consistent, having the content? Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's a really, <laughs> I don't have the answer for that right now. Cause I mean, that's probably one of the, well, we're just starting. So it's like, I, I know it takes resources, you know, to, to, to get your, messaging out there and distributed to the right people. Right. That's a big thing is, is, I mean, at the end of the day, you need, you need money, Mm -hmm. you know, really. 
there's a lot of ways to do it. Luckily these days now that are free, uh -huh. but I think that that will only get you so far and you, you just need capital. I mean, it's with any business, like you need capital to really like get behind the engine to just or give it the fuel, you know, to right. the engine. So, but, but we've been experimenting with these little pop-up shops and pop-up events, which have been really cool because it gives yeah. you hands-on feel. And, um, but, but back to the direct thing. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're in the process of like finding our audience and I mean, we're, we're a niche within a niche type of thing, Yeah, which is, uh, which is, which is kind of good and bad, but, um, but you know, with, 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 uh, I mean, it's funny cause like, yeah, we study, we studied the market, we did our due diligence, but it really comes down to actually going to the studios and when we're practicing and I'm visually seeing more and more guys coming into the studio and into the classes, like that yeah. for me is where I'm like light bulb, you mm -hmm. know? And it's a lot of, it's a lot of younger guys now too, that I feel weren't there before. Right. So that to me is just like the big kind of the movement that's happening right now. And it's like become cool to be mindful, <laughs> you yes. know, and, and, and the whole yoga stigma things like dying off of like, it's a woman's only thing I feel. And I mean, this, it's only going to get, you know, bigger in the sense of like more people adapting a mindful practice if it's meditation or yoga into their life like you have to in this world in this age and this all the shit that's going on you have to have that absolutely freaking nuts yeah of course <laughs> so so is there the basically the direct model though skips that retail yeah and goes directly to the consumer direct yeah. model yeah 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 if someone could you be in a retail store at any point or would it be counterproductive to the mm, I mean we, we, we could and we're experimenting with these little like um, kind of pop-in type of things where like Rogue Collective they they it's killer because it's a perfect fit for us right now because they're um, they're in this in the sustainable business too in sustainable fashion so they have this like really cool spot up in downtown LA where you know they bring in brands for small periods of time so mm -hmm. I think that model really works for us yeah um but the actual retail long-term kind of situation is we're not we just we didn't set up the brand to do that right only because it costs a lot more money to be to, to produce sustainable goods and produce them in the United States or if we end up going overseas and in, in, in a you know in, in a to a factory where it's obviously, you know, where we, we, we audit and make sure it's like a potential good partner. Um, that's going to cost too. So, and then the minimums, like we're a small batch. So right. by the time, like, and then there's a, there's a price point that we want to keep. We don't want to be, you know, we don't want, we don't want it to be a $200 sweatshirt. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, we're like right in line with our kind of quote unquote competitors price wise. And, and a lot of those brands are, you know, shipping stuff in from China and doing all that. And, 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 you know, obviously they're, they're able to be at retail and then, and then online and their margins are a lot higher. It's like the way that we're doing probably in the business sense, isn't like, <laughs> is it, you know, if someone straight business is like, well, your margin's too low for a direct company and, um, so on and so forth. So it's kind of turning things a little bit upside down, but I feel like the fact is being a direct to consumer business is way more viable than it ever has been. Like mm -hmm. if this was five, six years ago, it'd be questionable. I feel like that's when it all started. Like that's when brands like, you know, <clears throat> um, um, like Everlane and, 
you know, Bonobos and um, like Taylor Stitch. I mean, all these brands are starting up right around like five, six years ago. And that was like a big deal when it was like, hey, we're not going to be, you know, selling in stores. Mm -hmm. But look at those brands now. They're freaking crushing it. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, it can be done. Um, You mentioned the, we talked about the give back Mm -hmm. for a little bit, just about. Yeah. So back probably in the end of like near the end of my tenure at Volcom, we started to get into some really cool give back um, programs. And that was like, I remember those being some really like profound times for me is putting those together. We did this one campaign called Give Jeans a Chance, which is super cool. And we, we, we collected, we had bins that were in all the, re- like not all, but like maybe 500,000 retail of retail stores that carried Volcom where people would bring in their old jeans uh-huh. and we'd collect the jeans and we we'd take them and we'd give them to the homeless. So we, so we, I think, I mean, the thing went like a year or two even after I left the company. And I think that we collected like 50,000 pairs of jeans wow. or something ridiculous <laughs> and then partnered up with the, um, the national homeless Co- coalition uh-huh. and then gave them, you know, and then, and then went to the different centers and gave them to the homeless. So, it was such a cool campaign and I, like it was the first time I was really like, wow, that feel that felt good. And especially for a brand and company like Volcom being so big, you know, we, you, you need to do those types of things. Absolutely. So when we started Cosm, it was, I knew that there was, there had to be a, like a really compelling, um, give back piece there. And, you know, I wanted to, <laughs> I think there was a second where I was like, oh, I want to give away 10% of sales, <laughs> yeah. you know, but they're like, no, no, you can't do that. <laughs> but, uh, so we ended up, bringing it down to 5% of sales, which is still, you know, still a healthy chunk. That is. And especially if you're going to, you know, hopefully we grow this brand to a point where we can be giving away, you know, 5% of a decent, of a decent amount of money back to um, these programs. But pretty much like for me, the, the whole, he, the healing aspect of yoga is, is a huge part of, of the yogic kind of experience or world, whatever you want to call it, because there's a lot of people out there that have issues and by way of meditation, yoga, mindfulness type of types of practices, you can really curb sort of your healing process without crappy meds, basically, you know? So, um, when I found, I found, Dan Evans, Dan Evans, and he, I think I, I found him on, I did, I found him on Instagram through this guy's, this guy, Robert Sturman, who's awesome photographer. Uh, he had shot Dan doing some yoga poses and I saw photos of him in, you know, back in the wheel pose and he's got prosthetics from the knee down. Right. And I'm just like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> this is insanity. So I, I DM Dan and he got right back to me and and I introduced myself and what we were doing. And, and, and it was kind of then that I was like, you know, I heard about his story and what happened and how he's become a yoga teacher. And, you know, he got both his legs blown off in Iraq. And now he's help, out helping other vets with uh, the guys that suffer from PTS and suicidal thoughts and things like that. And, and you know, it's incredible what he's been able to do. And he's, I mean, he's saved lives straight out. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's other, there's other foundations and organizations that are doing the same thing too for, for warriors. And then, and then it goes to like prisoners, it goes to like, you know, at risk youth. 
And even kids, like, you know, there's, there's yoga in schools now, and it's incredible. So our whole thing is 5% give back to yoga empowerment programs. And so the first thing that we're doing is working with Dan, and um, he's, he's working on a retreat center in Florida called the Warrior Spirit Retreat that he wants to have come to fruition, and where it's um, veterans will come and practice yoga and mindfulness, and there's like a farm setting and things like that, and it'll be free. So he's been working on that for a couple years now. And, and so we're attached to that and trying to like help raise money for that. So, but we have other really good, big ideas too of, of other like organizations to kind of get involved with and tell their story. And we just, we just got finished with a film that we're gonna be putting out that's super, it's pretty like tear jerking when you watch it. We went out to North Carolina last year and we, um, we filmed at an event that was put on for special ops. Um, mm-hmm. uh, veterans and active and non-active and uh, it was it's surrounded around two women that lost their lives in Afghanistan and it was insane and changed my whole perspective on the whole yoga yoga thing completely and I'm pretty fired up to to show this thing to the world hopefully and people enjoy it and 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 really kind of think about the bigger benefits of yoga and as a whole and what it can really do on a healing side of things so yeah, that's yeah, the, I like that's, that. That's the give back piece. I like the give back piece. <laughs> yeah, I love it too. It's like it's the, it's the it's like it's the most fulfilling part of it. I feel yeah. like making clothes is cool and like all that kind of stuff. But everybody makes clothes, and but like if you can actually like help change a life or be a, have a bigger impact on the world in, in a positive way, like that that's awesome. Yeah, that's it's huge. What, that's what I'm into. Yeah, it's a good positive note to uh, wrap it up on. Is there anything yeah, you want to? Anything else you want to say? Um, when's that? When's that? When's the video going to be out? It's yeah. I don't even know. You're I'm editing sure, it right I'm now. I'm not sure when this podcast <laughs> is coming out, but it might even be out um, before this gets out. Before the podcast gets out, but yeah, I think next week we're doing like a full uh, contest along with it too on this, this site called Indie.com. So it should be pretty cool, man. Okay, great, cool. <laughs> Thanks, Troy. There's gonna be more episodes for this for the. Cosmic Chronicles, this is the third one, but we'll be back soon. Thanks, guys. Peace.